0: Would you like to help improve the lives of children in impoverished countries? Sandy Dorsey, a certified speech-language pathologist and private practice owner, is on today to share how you can help make an impact through her nonprofit organization, Smiles for Speech. Hey there, and welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. My name is Benita Litvak, and I am so grateful you're here. I'm an ASHA-certified speech-language pathologist, author, and augmentative and alternative communication consultant who is obsessed with helping SLPs like you stop reinventing the wheel and connect with other SLPs in the trenches. Have you ever wondered how other SLPs seem to be doing it all with ease? Well, around here, you'll get to hear firsthand how SLPs are really getting things done while keeping evidence-based practice and self-care in mind. Think of this as a coffee date with your SLP friends. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while we learn together. Hey everybody, welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow along on Instagram at Speechy Side Up. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, I'm joined by Sandy Dorsey, a certified speech-language pathologist. Sandy is the owner of All About Speech LLC, a private practice based in New York City that offers speech and language services to school-aged children with speech and language disorders. For over 20 years, Sandy has provided diagnostic and therapeutic services to wide-ranging populations. Sandy's commitment to helping children with special needs prompted her to start Smiles for Speech, Inc in July 2017. Sandy's goal is to help improve the lives of children in impoverished countries in a sustainable manner so that they can express themselves and live life to their full potential. Hi, Sandy. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on today. I cannot wait for the listeners to get to know you better. So let's paint a picture for them. Tell us about who you are, what you do today and how you got there. Okay. Thank
1: you so much. I, hello, everyone. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Vanita, for having me. You were actually one of our first donors um, when we started way back when, three years ago. So it was super exciting to meet you at ASHA and then to be here now is with you again is amazing. So I want to thank you for your continued
0: support. Oh, of course. That was back with the Luno's What to Do books, right? Yes, those beautiful books. Cool.
1: So like you mentioned, my name is Sandy Dorsey. I've actually been a speech language pathologist for over 25 years. Wow. Um, The years just creep up. And (laughs) I have worked with a wide ranging population. My youngest client was a four day old baby with cleft palate and my oldest patient was 102 years old in a skilled nursing facility so I've actually worked with a wide range um and then in 2008 I started my practice all about speech and we contract with the New York City Department of Education mainly focusing on underserved communities in Harlem, the Bronx, And in Brooklyn so about three years ago in 2017 I wanted to expand my work with the underserved and uh, impact as many children as I could globally um, in Africa and in the Caribbean Um, and really just to focus on children that don't have the kind of access to resources that we have so We provide therapy and training and education to children and now actually branching into adults as well in communities that either don't have speech or it's very limited.
0: Oh my gosh, you're amazing. I am just so yeah. impressed by all of the work that you've done. You have a private practice and you have this organization that has just grown tremendously in the past 3 years and you have like such a heart of gold. Sandy, if you guys like look at a pic, look at a picture of her, you're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, she looks like the most friendly person ever." She has like the biggest yeah. smile. Like, you just radiate positivity. So Smiles for Speech is like a perfect name for your organization. Thank you so much. Like you said, we met each other a few years back when um, Kim, Tyson, and I, the co-author of "Luna's What to Do, we were focusing on that book series, and uh, we got to meet at ASHA, which was awesome. And then since then, you know, we've kind of moved more into the podcast and other avenues. But talk about Smiles for Speech. How has it developed over the past three years?
1: So Smiles for Speech actually started with a trip to Cuba, and I was planning a trip to Cuba and just thinking about what I could take to help the people, mainly toothbrushes and, you know, home types of um, things that people might need. And, And then I said, you know what, I have a skill, let me also help children. So this is how Spouse for Speech started, by that first trip to Cuba. And it was me and an occupational therapist that I worked with at the time at a school. And we ended up working with children at an orphanage in Montanzas and this lovely community center right there in Havana. So I actually loved Cuba so much that I decided to go back again and really form Smiles for Speech to turn it into a 501-3-C and really create a plan for what I wanted it to look like. So in Cuba, they actually embrace children that have special needs. There's a lot of inclusion there. Um, The only thing is that if the child is severe, then they would have, you know, has a severe disorder, then they institutionalize them. So on our second visit, we ended up doing a lot of home visits, because if a family decides not to have their child institutionalized, then they won't receive services. So after Cuba, we visited Peru. And in Peru, we visited lovely little schools in Lima. And also branched out into Cusco into the mountains. And they have programs there where all of the children with special needs can be together if the family is not able to take care of them. Um, Because a lot of these children do not have schools that they can go to, then they end up staying at home. And if the parent has to watch the child, then they won't be able to work. So they actually have to send them to centers that are residential Um, for the children to live there. And a lot of them had never received services. And in Peru and a lot of countries abroad, there is such a stigma attached to having special needs that they're shunned from the community. They may not be able to go to church. They may have to keep them hidden in the back. some of the mother's experience, you know, heartbreak by um, the fathers, they'll end up leaving. If they find out that the child has special needs, they'll think maybe there's some kind of witchcraft going on and there's a negative stigma attached to it. So one of the things that we do try to do outside of therapy training and education is, is really support the families and, you know, show them things that they can do and embrace their child and try to encourage the community to do so. Not to um, change their cultural norms, but just to, to say, we're here and these are some things that we can do, you know, with your child. We work with a program in Jamaica, one of the only inclusive schools there in Savannah Lamar. We did a needs assessment visit with them. They had at the time only one speech pathologist and in Jamaica on that visit there were only six in all of Jamaica. they are now seven. But we were able to work with them and our occupational therapists did a lot of training. Occupational therapists are also um, pretty hard to come by in, in other countries. So we're also working with Howard University and the University of the District of Columbia on ways that we can support the school from an educational, psychological, and speech standpoint. So that is a work in progress. And last summer, I actually listened to the podcast that you did with Shannon, which was so amazing. Thank you, Shannon, for... Talking about smiles for speech, (laughs) Um, we that was the largest program so far, and that was actually during the year of return, which is 400 years after slavery. So I ended up taking a really big group that year. There were 19 in total. Two nurses that taught hand washing and um, basic first aid. We had one. Um, person that was she had a background in psychology and she translated for us she's actually from Ghana and then therapist speech therapist and one occupational therapist so that was a really big project we worked with many different um, programs for children with autism we held a, a training seminar in pediatric dysphagia at the Korlebu Teaching Hospital, and in addition to really started to work with students in Ghana, which translates now over into the other programs that I'm developing. But we were able to match the students in Ghana with speech pathologists from the U.S. and Sweden that were on the trip based on their interests. So they had a week of mentorship. And, you know, we really want to encourage that kind of mentorship. There are only a few licensed speech, they call them speech language therapists, there, SLTs. So it was great to be able to support them with that supervision and mentorship. And I want to thank um, again, Shannon and Sarah and Lisa from SLP toolkit, who, really you know donated so much and reached out to others in our SLP community to help support this project
0: oh my gosh that's amazing I have so many questions let's start with how do you get in touch with these centers in these different countries do you have a contact or you just kind of like reach out how does that work
1: so it starts with one contact, and then that leads to another and another. It's pretty much how it goes. So um, for each country, there's a different entry entryway. So for Cuba, I mean, that was pretty difficult to find anything out in advance. Although I did find a an organization in Canada that worked with orphanages there so it started with that program and in that case um, I learned along the way about additional programs because you know it's Cuba so it was a little limited for the other programs I actually look on the SIG 17 ASHA um, board is how I ended up finding programs for Peru and we also were able to deliver nine electrolarynxes to a local hospital in Peru that I didn't mention, which was pretty amazing. Um, you really learn so much along the way, and that's really what Smiles for Speech has been—a learning process. Because you know, I've never done this before, so. Um, each program is a little different. And what I do is ask one program if they know another program that would need our help. And that's how the referrals end up going. One person refers us to another. Um, when we went to Cuba, we actually, through Instagram, met a Norwegian photographer who just happened to work with kids from, with special needs. So she let us through for all of the home visits. So it, it really just developed um, some of it, not even by my own doing. So I'm kind of a catalyst, I feel, to these things coming about. You know, you put the intention out to help, and then the next thing you know, it just keeps on growing.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. It's like you're calling. Yes. Um, That's so cool, that's amazing. So we're gonna talk about your speech library program, Um, but in terms of other materials, like the electro-larynx, how difficult is it to get materials to these countries?
1: It's very difficult to get the electro-larynxes. Those were donated by an organization called Web Whisperers, And what we learned is that one electrolarynx would be $1,200 if they tried to send them there, you know, after customs. So um, the other materials, we really just packed them in the suitcase. So that's, you know, just a matter of um, getting them there that way. The wheelchairs, those were a challenge. We took three wheelchairs to Ghana. And boy, that was something else. I had to deal with, you know, the managers of the airlines. And that was actually a big production.
0: If you need more ASHA CEUs, then this is the PD opportunity you've been looking for. Your plans to attend in-person conferences or trainings this year probably got canceled because of the pandemic. Now it's already September and you don't want to be scrambling to find practical and engaging PD. 2020 doesn't have to be a total bust. Five of the top SLP podcasts have come together to offer the second annual pod conference called SLP Connect. It starts Monday, September 21st, 2020, and you can earn up to 0.6 ASHA CEUs. We were really disappointed that we couldn't get together at SLP conventions this year, so we decided to host our own virtual one again. You get to choose when and where you'll listen to each pod course up until October 7th, 2020. Plus, we are thrilled to announce all of the guest speakers who will be joining us, including Amy Graham, Kara Walton, Liliana Diaz, Stacey Pfaff, and Jeanette Washington. Here's how to register. Check out the event at tasseltogether.com slash slpconnect and sign up for free to receive conference updates, access the free goods section, and enter to win prizes. Get ahead of the game this year with six hours worth of ASHA CEUs. 2020 might have thrown a lot of curveballs, but you can count on SLP Connect to bring fun and convenient PD home. So you mentioned your virtual event. Can you explain what that is a little bit more? And I know that it involves presenters. So can you talk about the presenters that you've had and if you need more presenters as well?
1: To honor our commitment to the programs that we work with, we wanted to continue with the workshops in a virtual way. So we also have materials that we want to donate. So we, will be sending the materials. The materials were sent to Kenya, and then we can do the workshop separately. Um, But what we noticed is that not only are there parents and teachers attending the workshop, they're also therapists, speech therapists and occupational therapists from other countries and also the US. So some of our topics we feel that even therapists in the US can benefit from. And then we have upcoming programs that will happen as well. There will be one on behavior management, which we feel that even therapists in the U.S. can benefit from. We'll have a music therapist, an occupational therapist, um, speech therapist, and an ABA specialist. We'll have another one on pediatric dysphagia and also positioning from the OT perspective. Um, some of the programs that we, with, that we work with, their children don't have chairs or tables. There's a really big need to figure out how to position them for feeding. So this is an important topic that I think could also benefit families in the U.S. We'll, the one after that will be on dyslexia which even for me, I feel like I need to learn more about dyslexia. So we'll have about three speakers um, to talk about dyslexia and related disorders.
0: Wow, that's really wonderful. So where do people go to sign up? Do they go to your website?
1: So to register for the workshops, they would email us at sfsvirtual at smilesforspeech.org.
0: Okay, great. That's awesome. And we'll include that in the show notes as well so that people can click on it. Wonderful. Wow, that's so amazing. And then you have another program called Smiles for Speech Scholars. So, what's that all about?
1: Yes. So, to build on the program that we started in Ghana, I really wanted to make sure that, you know, as an African American woman and um, only representing 8%, you know, of the minorities in our field to really not only be a mentor to students in Ghana, but locally. So I want to create a space for a global conversation since we're now not able to visit the programs and and learn about um, cultural humility in person Um, for now. We would like to start a conversation to include students internationally and just increase that awareness and and hopefully diversity in our field. So the overall goal for Smiles for Speech is to build a global community where we're all learning and helping each other.
0: That's amazing. So, so you're talking about like, grad students, right? Like maybe like building that capacity where they're at in their country, and then like bridging that gap between where they're at in our graduate programs. Is that what you're referring to?
1: It could be undergrad or or grad, but really start peer mentorship relationships too, where a lot of students in the U.S. want to learn more about what students are doing abroad and what services look like. I feel like there's a real interest too in even working abroad. And I know ASHA is trying to find ways where CFs can actually you know, do their, do their CF in another country and be supervised in some way. I've had many students from different campuses reaching out and this is a very reflective time for all of us. So we're all, learning from each other and having to talk about these difficult issues. Um, So I think the more that we can engage, especially with the future generation of speech pathologists, the better because, you know, we're preparing for the next generation. So we learn from each other, but then if we're able to work with them now, then, you know we're building a generation of of therapists that are even more knowledgeable about how to work with all people
0: mhm yeah no that's amazing and i think your organization is perfect for bu- building that capacity and bridging that gap with asha I feel like I've seen some CF programs that are abroad, but I don't remember the name of those organizations, but I'm really excited to follow along with Smiles for Speech and see what you guys end up doing with that.
1: Yes, it's all really in the making. You know, there's so much developing right now to really open doors to new opportunities and, you know, everything is changing so much.
0: Yeah, it's the way the world
1: is right now.
0: Yeah, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So I know you have another program called the Smiles for Speech Library. So what is that all about? Because I, I did ask you, or I mentioned it when we talked about bringing materials over, but can you expand on what that program actually is?
1: So that program started with a student in Ghana who mentioned that she didn't have any textbooks. And all of the students in the program were basically relying on the coordinator of the program. Who's very lovely and dear to my heart, but she only had her books that she had from school. And then they were relying on the internet, you know, whatever she could find, she'd have to create lessons and really use the internet. So she asked me if, I would be able to donate some textbooks. So that turned into doing a textbook drive and Sarah Wu just jumping in enthusiastically and writing a blog post about it. The next thing you know, we have over 2,000 books. And I know, I had to get a storage space for the books, many books. And, and people say, can I still send books? You know, they email me and I say, we have so many books. I can't even hold the books. And the funny part is, is that they will send the books to me anyway, anonymously. <laughs> so, you know, people really want to give their books away, um, which will be so impactful for students that don't have them. So she actually started a GoFundMe page and now we'll have the funding to send the books. And right now, you know, due to COVID and the school has been closed, they just opened up about a week ago, but they have to use part of the school for the COVID patients because it's connected to a hospital. So we're waiting to see what space they'll decide to use, you know, for this library. But I am so super excited and thank, you to everyone who has taken the time to box up those books and to mail them to us. Um, we'll have some kind of virtual, um, you know, we'll be able to see where these books go. And I know the school wants to do something formal with us and we'll, you know, that'll be to be determined how that will look, you know, on Zoom. But I'm so grateful for all of these donations, for all of the support from everyone. We had two laptops that were donated. They use, they're they using only one laptop right now.
0: Wow. Um,
1: so, yes. Yeah, so they're trying to learn all this information, and it's, it's a challenge. Um, but our intern for Project Kenya, she ended up being able to um, have two laptops donated, and we have a lot of test materials that have been donated as well. So this will be the flagship Smiles for Speech library, and we're just so excited about it.
0: That's so cool. So if people want to donate or help out with the GoFundMe, where should they go?
1: So it's on Instagram in my bio. Okay. The link is there for the GoFundMe.
0: And your Instagram is smiles for speech, right? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Oh my goodness. This is so amazing. So I know people are like thinking this right now, like how does she do it all? She has a private practice. She does this. So kind of, I know that you started by yourself, but talk about how you started there and where you're at now.
1: So there have been people that have come you know, and go along the way and they help as much as they can. And I so appreciate that. Um, during this time, it's interesting because, maybe because people have a little more time on their hands too, right? We're not running back and forth to work. Yeah. So um, we do have, I will be able to start committees and build up the board. It will be going into the third year, you know, in July. So that will be the official third year. So we'll be creating a new board and um, starting new committees so that each program has someone that will be supporting it. So I'm super excited about that. There are at least three. Well, for each program, I've already designated someone that is ready and willing to help so i mean it's growing so fast but we do have the people at this point to support it i'm definitely not doing all of it myself and um want to thank you know everyone that's lent a hand in some way to making all of this happen
0: Well, I'm sure people are more than happy to help. You're really amazing and inspiring. And I am so grateful you came on today. So I know you shared your Instagram at Smiles for Speech. Is there anywhere else you want people to go and check you out um, or where they can find and connect with you?
1: So the website is smilesforspeech.org. And then we're also on Facebook under Smiles for Speech. And we started a group SFS virtual and if anyone wants to join there, this is where people that are um, On the workshops participating in the workshops can go to watch the videos and maybe get some advice so if you're if you want to support that that would be amazing because They ask us a lot of questions sometimes from the last workshop. I think we have 40 questions and if we're able to get answers from experts in these areas, that's, that's really helpful. So that would be SFS Virtual. That's the group on Facebook.
0: Okay, awesome. Wow. I cannot wait to follow along <laughs> on your journey, Sandy. And you're we talking about collaborating a little bit in terms of AAC. So that's really exciting. Um, Absolutely. I'm so grateful you came on today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and all the amazing things you're doing.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's just been a joy. I'm so excited and thank you so much.
0: Before we go, please pause this episode and leave a five-star review or take a screenshot to post on social media if you're enjoying it. We're celebrating our two-year anniversary and we're so close to 100 reviews. Your reviews help this podcast keep going and growing because it lets other SLPs know it's worth the listen and it lets us know what topics you like. My team and I spend a lot of time every week putting these episodes together so they can be ready for you every Wednesday morning. Imagine we're giving you a virtual hug because your support seriously means the world.